Well, good morning, everybody. My name is Kyle Johnson, and I, I know with guest speakers or people you haven't seen in a while or don't know very well up here, I want to introduce you to my family. It's a big deal for me right now because you'll see in this picture, I have two little ones. So this is my beautiful wife, Megan. The one standing needs help still. His name is Houston, and then our newest is a month old, and that is Jack. And so I, I like bragging about them. I'll show pictures. Now, this, is, this is the worldwide premiere of this picture, by the way. So like, we haven't posted on Facebook. So you guys are getting cutting edge information today. And I hope you came ready to receive what God has for you. Um, I'm the youth pastor here at Mid-Cities, which means I take sixth graders to 12th graders all the way in between from all our campuses, all our schools, all the cities. And we pour into them and see and help them let God move through them. And y'all need to know. There's incredible things happening in our students this year. There's amazing things, not just happening in their lives, but through their lives. And God is using you as parents, using you as a church, using us as a community, as a family to impact the schools in the Permian Basin. Amen? Whoa, man, I'm, I can't wait. And I want to give a shout out to all our online family. We're glad you guys are here joining us live. I know you can't be here today, but we want you to come. We want to get our arms around, give you a hug, say hi, wave at you. And so thank you so much for joining. But come here soon. Um, we're going to dive into Ruth chapter 2. Daniel did an incredible job a few weeks ago kicking off our series, God in the Details. And I have the honor of continuing that. We're going to look at Ruth 2. So if you got your Bible, I'm going to remind you, Ruth 2 is where we're going. So go ahead and open it up. I'll open it up with you. I already know where I'm going. So I got little tassels here. I'm a Florida Gator fan, so all of them are orange and blue. And if you don't like them, that's okay. But we're going to pray because I believe God has some word for you. It doesn't matter if you're on staff with us, if you're brand new. It doesn't matter who you are. God wants to speak to you today if you'll listen to him. So let's pray and let's invite him to come and open our eyes, ears, and our heart. Father, thank you so much for this amazing people. Lord, we ask that you would come and open our eyes to see you in a way we've never seen before. Lord, we don't need to ask you to come here in this place. You're already here. We just ask that you would help us to see you like we've never seen before. Would you open our ears to hear something we've never heard before and open our heart to receive what you want to tell us so that we can leave this place changed different, and full of your faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, before I get into Ruth chapter two, I, I, as I was studying, I start to realize something, and it's something I've noticed over years, but it is so easy to forget that the stuff that happened that we read here actually happened. I don't know if that's ever happened to you guys, but it's almost like we, we just forget that they're real people, that the stories really did happen, that the dreams, the prayers, the wars, the, the moves of God, the, the passages all throughout front to back are actually happening and actually have happened. Because if we're not careful, our minds get to this default place where they're characters rather than people. We read them more like a storybook, like Lord of the Rings characters with names we don't know, with lands we've never been to. And we can read them more as characters rather than people. But when we do this, we don't do it on purpose. But when that starts to happen as we read, as we hear the word preached, man, our minds have this subconscious disconnect from God's word. 
And when we don't connect with God's word, rather than hearing it and God speaking to us and moving powerfully, and rather than us understanding what he's wanting to speak to us, rather than receiving all the truth that he has, just rather than being encouraged and calling him up and receiving the healing and the word of God, what ends up happening, we miss it. We miss the truth. We miss him seeing us. We miss him meeting us right where we're at. And I don't want that to happen today because I want to show you kind of what happens because Naomi, this is funny, Naomi actually read the story about Naomi and Ruth. So the girl up here, the woman up here, her name is Naomi, so it's great. And you can look at these stories in Ruth and it's wild to think of us because no one really connects to some random woman you've never met before, some piece of history from this random country called Moab. Oh, by the way, then she took advantage of some Jewish law that I don't really understand called gleaning. And it's in this Old Testament book that I don't really read Leviticus, just because the name is even old and Lord of the Rings kind of sounding, because we don't connect with that. And then, by the way, then she marries this older guy who happens to be the mother-in-law's close relative. And I don't know about you guys, that's kind of hard to connect to. And when we read this, we can really easily miss the stuff that God wants to speak to us. And so I want to take a little bit before we jump into this to really look and let's re-engage our, the Holy Spirit. Let's lock into what he's trying to tell us. And I want to read through some of these personality quirks, these personality, these character traits that, that Ruth has. But I want to ask you to invite the Holy Spirit to show you. Show you if you can connect to this. Show you, listen to this. Does any of this sound familiar? And ask yourself, God, are you wanting to speak to, to me today? Because if you do, let me connect to something here. So let me read you some of these and see if y'all have gone through these. Have you ever lost someone you loved? Then you might connect to this. And God might be speaking to you. Are you single and trying to figure out how to provide? Are you questioning or unsure about what the future looks like for you? Are you from a different country and this is not your homeland? Have you ever found yourself in times of uncertainty, facing circumstances you really weren't sure how to get through? And needing to adjust your whole life. Have you ever found your life completely changed what you thought it was going to look like? And had to scramble to figure out what it was going to be. If you can associate to any of that, then God is speaking to you today. And maybe you don't connect with that side, but there are other characters. There's there's, uh, there's Boaz and there's Naomi. And you look at this. Are you in some form of leadership? We look at Boaz's life. He was a leader. He was a business owner. Do you own a business? Are you leading a team? Here's the thing. Are you homeschooling your kids? Because if you are, you're in leadership. Are you over your teams? Are you have coworkers? Are you a parent? Are you a captain on a team? Are you in your classmates? Are you at work? Are you a teacher? What form of leadership has God put around you? Because if you have any form of leadership, God wants to connect to you today and has something to speak to you. Do you have people that depend on you? Do you have the opportunity to bless someone? Have you found yourself unable to provide for yourself and in need to rely on those around you and the generosity of others? Have you found yourself there? And you look at this and you keep going. Has anyone ever come to you for advice, sought for you for your attention? Are you filled with so much grief that you even struggled to the point of your identity? If any of that connects to you, God wants to speak to you. And he has something for you today. But we have to engage. We have to check this. We have to check into this and really allow 
God to come because it doesn't matter if we're a guy or girl, black or white, old or young, live in Midland or Odessa or somewhere else, rich or poor, oil field or not, old, young, single or not. It doesn't matter who you are. If you're here today, God has brought you here. He's drawn you close to him. If you're online listening, he's speaking to you today. He has something to say to you and he wants to move in your life today. Come on, he wants to move in our lives. Are you guys okay? Are you excited about today? Good, okay. We're gonna get into this. I'm sorry, I get a little excited sometimes. I need to breathe. I'm gonna take a little bit of my water to help me out here. But I wanna use the rest of our time and dive into two aspects of Ruth chapter two I feel God really wants us to see. And then if, at the end, I wanna pray and I wanna share something that I feel like God wants to speak to you. That I think he, he actually specifically wants us to pray in this service for. So number one, your private choices matter. Your private choices matter. What you do by yourself matters. The decisions you make, the character inside of you matters. It's put like this, this famous saying, many of you have heard it, character is what someone does when no one else is watching. When no one else is around, what choices are you making And that's the aspects that we start to see in Ruth's life because she makes certain choices, certain character decisions when no one else is around and we start to see them in Ruth chapter two. The author of Ruth actually comes and makes a very specific point to point out these characteristics. And I'm gonna point some of them out and look at this. The first quality we see is found in verse two. So you guys go ahead, Ruth chapter two, verse two. I'm gonna read it here. And Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, Please let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain after one in whose sight I may find favor. And she said to her, go, my daughter. You know, the first thing, the first characteristic we can see out of this, just in verse two alone, is that Ruth is a self-starter. She didn't sit back and wait. She initiated. And I know some of you guys, some of you husbands, we have a hard time of initiating the things our wives asked us to start. Is that anybody? I've got some projects right now that I have not started yet. I need to become a better self-starter. And I'm looking at these characteristics and I want you to invite yourself. How are you doing at these? Invite the Holy Spirit to come and tell you you're not doing as good as you think you are. Invite him to come and encourage you and saying you're doing great at this and I just wanna celebrate you today. And as we go through these, ask yourself, what can I do? Is this God speaking to me? Because Ruth was a self-starter. She initiated things. And I just want to ask you guys, is there something that God has asked you to start that you've been waiting for? It doesn't look like it's ready yet. It doesn't look like the finances are there yet. It doesn't look like my time has enough space in my schedule to do this. It doesn't look like the people are there to support me. Is there something that you've been waiting to start? I want you to know God is going to challenge you And this might be the affirmation, the confirmation you need to hear from God today and say, he's called you to start it. Let's go and do it. Another quality we see also in verse two is that Ruth submitted to authority. Yes, she was a self-starter. Yes, she comes and goes, I gotta do this. I need to go out into the field. But she comes to Naomi. She comes and asks. She asks for permission. She asks for guidance. She asks for covering. She says, you know what? I'm a foreigner in a strange land with new customs. Would you help me understand this? Is this the right thing? I want to go and do this, but I want to honor and respect those in authority above me. And so I'm gonna submit to them. Ruth submitted to authority. How are you doing at this? 
And then I'm not going to read all the verses, but we see in verse 7 that Ruth is a hard worker. We see in verse 10 that she walks in humility. In verse 11, Ruth's loyalty is highlighted. And in verse 14, the fact that Ruth provides for others. I just wonder, how are you doing at these things? These are qualities coming straight from the Bible. The author makes it very clear. God makes it very clear. These are things that are important on our lives, that the private decisions matter. Our character matters. And I wonder what God is speaking to you today. I don't want you to just go, okay, this is good stuff. Yeah, that's good, that's good, that's good. Think about how God is speaking to you today. Because when we look at all these qualities, they're amazing. They're great. They're special. But where do they come from? Where did they come from inside of Ruth? And I believe that the foundation of her character, the foundation of these qualities came from her love for those around her. A love for Naomi, a love for the people that she's providing for, a love for those that move around us. And it's love that motivated everything she did, said, and thought. And I look at this and I'm going, man, love is amazing, but let's take that one step further. Where do we ultimately get that love from? Where does that come? And I want you guys, if you have your Bible, I'm going to turn as well for 1 John chapter 4. I want to read this, and we're going to see that the ultimate love, the true love, ultimately comes from a personal relationship with Jesus, that we can't get love from anywhere else, that we can't love others without this love first. And we're going to see that John the Apostle says this. So check it out, verse four, or chapter 4, verse 7. He says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Verse eight, the one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. And by this love of God was manifested in us that God sent his only begotten son, Jesus, into the world so that we might live through him. That's the gospel right there. That God loved you so much, he came and sent his son so that you could experience love, feel love, know that it's from God and that he wants to come speak to you today because he loves you. And if we keep going, the verse 10 says, in this love, not that love, not that we loved God, not that we did it first, not that God is only here because of what we did for him, but that he loved us first and sent his son to be the propitiation of for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, and we ought to love others. Now that love that causes character to build, right? It's love that comes in, then births some character, and that's the private choices that we make. That God is calling you to raise your game up. That God is calling to encourage you. That God is inviting you to a deeper place with him. It's that out of that love that we can experience. And it amazes me that we aren't just expected to do this blindly, but that we have the example of Jesus. We have the example of God coming in, laying down his life. You know, God doesn't want us to just leave today and be better. He doesn't want you to leave today trying harder. I just got to be a better self-starter. I just got to do this first. I got to be loyal. I have to submit myself. Okay, I just got to do, I got to do, I got to do, I got to do. Because if you leave here like that, you're going to run yourself ragged. You're going to get to the end of it and go, was it even worth it? I'm exhausted. Because now when I'm exhausted, I'm no longer loving people. Now I'm frustrated with people. Now I snap at people. Now I say things I didn't really mean to the people I love the most. And I hurt them the deepest because 
man, I was just tired. God doesn't want you to just be better. He doesn't want us to just go out and strive to be more humble. He's actually inviting us to come closer to him. Because the closer we are to him, the deeper our relationship with him is, the more we understand that, the more we experience his love, his grace, his forgiveness, his filling, his peace, his identity, the more we get closer to God, the more our character starts to get developed. As it rises inside of us because he's pouring into us, it eventually starts to pour out and we become so full of his love in our private lives and our private devotions and our private moments of worship that when we start to get to public, it comes out. Because private private commitment, those private choices are never meant to stay private. Our private relationship with God is meant to become public. And that's the second sign. The second thing, our public choices, our public actions matter. What you do in public, what you say in public, how you act in public matters. But it's not just about acting the walk. You have to actually believe and receive from God inside. And I want to keep looking because Boaz is this incredible example because the author of of Ruth doesn't just highlight what Ruth's character is. They highlight Boaz as well. And look at Boaz as we jump into this. I'm going to look at Ruth chapter 4, or Ruth chapter 2, verse 4. Because our actions matter. Check out Boaz. Verse 4. Now behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said to the reapers, May the Lord be with you. Right, that's a good saying. And they said to him, may the Lord bless you. It's really easy to skip over that. That doesn't speak personally to me. That doesn't apply to me. Let me challenge you again because God is speaking to y'all today. He actually is coming in because Boaz actually ran his business with God at the center. Do you, did you, do you catch that? He came home, and the first thing he said when he got back out of town from his out-of-town business trip, he comes back and said, may the Lord bless you, publicly declaring in his whole business that he is, God is at the center of this company. And the culture that he created was so strong that his employees, the people under him, actually come back and say, may the Lord bless you. This is an amazing opportunity for you. And it's not just business owners, but what are you doing to bring God in the center of what you do? Is God at the center of your relationship with your spouse? Because if it is, when was the last time you blessed her or blessed him? When was the last time you prayed for each other and lifted each other up? Is he at the center of your work? Is he at the center of your friends? Is he at the center of date night? Is he at the center of your parenting? Is it the center of the gym that you own? Is it at the center of the, the school that you teach at? Is it at the center of your job when you're in the oil field, in the car? Do you get in the car and just turn the radio on? Or do you let them decide? Or do you bring Jesus to the center of everything you do? Because we're called to not just receive God's love, but let it fill us up, impact our character. And then it starts to overflow out of us. Is God overflowing out of you? What is he calling you to do? I just wonder what things would be different if we coached like this, if we loved like that. In verse five, we see that Boaz actually cared for his people. He thought about them. In Ruth five, I'm gonna read this. He says, then Boaz said to his servant who was in charge of the reapers, hey, who's that young woman that's coming on our field? 
You know, in order to recognize somebody new, you have to know who's already there. In order to recognize that you have a new neighbor, you kind of have to know who's already there, already have relationship with them, right? You kind of have to be aware. You can't run your business looking down. You can't run your life looking down. You can't go to work looking down. You need to look up and see who God's calling you to love. And when you notice somebody, say something. Get to know about them, care about them. Boaz actually approached somebody and said, hey, I want to be able to get to know that person, but who is that? Who's in your life right now that you know you need to get to know? That you feel that little nudge inside of you go, man, I probably should go say hey to them. Because I'm willing to bet that it's not just you little nudge. I actually bet it's the Holy Spirit speaking to you, asking you to obey, challenging you to step out. And on the other side of obedience is blessing. On the other side of that obedience is fruitfulness. It's amazing, and we're called to grow And I love that we get to see, not just in Ruth, but we see it in Boaz. Man, he cared for his people, but he wasn't just caring for their their spiritual needs. He didn't just care that, okay, she's there, I just want to get to know. He cared enough to provide for her. He provided for his people. Look at Ruth Ruth verse 12. It says, may the Lord, this is Boaz talking, may the Lord reward your work for your wages be full from the Lord. The Lord God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to seek refuge. Y'all heard it spoken when Naomi was here standing, speaking the word. But did you connect to it? Or were they just characters being heard? Because you look at this and Boaz actually goes, you know what? I'm going to honor her actions. I'm going to take care of her real world needs. I found out about her because I was aware of her. I thought about her. I got to know her. And now you know what? I know that she needs this. God knows that you need this, and he's calling some people to actually obey God by providing practically for your needs, and vice versa. It's not always financial. Sometimes it's emotional. Sometimes it's spiritual. Sometimes it's practical. Sometimes it's helping your friend out because their water main burst during the ice storm the other weeks. God has called us to go and actually move into the practical needs of our people. And I mentioned earlier just the random law in Leviticus. I want to turn over there and actually read the law. You know, it's really easy to think that the law of God, the Old Testament, is kind of this old school, old ancient book. But check out how practical this would apply in today's world. Leviticus 19 says this. Now when you reap, this is God speaking to them, when you reap the harvest of your land, You shall not reap to the very corners of your field, nor shall you gather the gleanings of your field, of your harvest, nor shall you glean your vineyard, nor shall you gather the fallen fruit of your vineyard. You shall leave them, watch this, this is the law of God. You shall not do that because you shall leave them for the needy and for the stranger, for the foreigner, for the one that needs it, that has no other way of providing for themselves. I am the Lord your God. It's wild to me that God doesn't just care about our our spiritual needs. He actually put it in his law that says we're supposed to provide for those around us too. This isn't the law of God. This isn't the suggestion of God. How are you doing in that? What are you doing for that? Because I believe as Christians, we were made in the image of God 
We were made to look like him, to think like him, to receive his love, to then put our actions in private into public actions. Have you and your public actions pointed people back to Jesus? Have you been able to look at yourself and say, my life, like Jesus, points people to God? Do your employees, do your families, do your friends, do your coworkers, do your classmates look at you and see God? Because if not, what are those aspects that today God is calling you to go ahead and fill? Go ahead and receive. Because I want to remind you guys, God doesn't call you to strive for it. He doesn't try to earn this, work harder, make longer hours, discipline. He actually says, draw close to me and I will draw near to you. I will meet you there. I will fill you up and I will give you the love for that person you didn't want to love. I will give you the finances to be able to provide when you didn't think you could. I will be there to kill your character. I will be there to build that up. I will be there to stir you on. I will be there to guide you, to point you to that person I want you to speak to. Don't forget, God calls our private life to become public and to point him back to Jesus. I wanna pray for you guys and share with you something. Father, thank you so much for today that you love these people. God, I thank you that when I was praying and as I was praying, you guys keep your eyes closed, but I believe that God wanted me to tell you your story isn't over. This is a word from God for you today. Your story isn't over. Some of you, you've become so discouraged at your current circumstance that you don't find hope right now. And God wants to say right now, I'm coming near to you and I'm going to start to speak into you. I've already started today, but your story isn't over. And if you will allow me to come in, if you will allow your eyes to open and see like you've never seen before, if you'll trust me in your private life when no one else is, and you allow that private life to produce public life, I am going to speak, I am going to move. Your story is not over. Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you that you're not done with your people, that you are for them and not against them, that you have great and mighty things for them. Father, I thank you that you are moving powerfully in their life, even if they don't see it. And Lord, I pray the blessing of hope, the blessing to see the unseen, to see the supernatural would come upon this people, that they would understand to hear in their heart, to then put it into action that God, you are not done with their story. You see them and you've got great and mighty things for them. Father, Lord, will you pray a blessing of hope and peace and rest over this people. In Jesus' name, amen.